Everybody, welcome to this episode of the RV Small Talk Podcast. This time around, we are not at home. And no, in fact, we are at a really cool thing that happens every year. It's annual, and this year it's in Las Vegas. I believe it's Las Vegas every year. But this is the annual RVDA convention where dealerships come together to learn and to share and to grow and to get better at what we do. So live, not live, recorded at the RVDA convention in Las Vegas for 2023. This is the RV Small Talk Podcast. And welcome to the RV Small Talk Podcast, where we talk about lightweight trailers, truck campers, the people, places, and adventures that go right along with them. We are your hosts from Princess Craft RV. I'm Clint. I'm PJ. And we are here with Phil and Gracia, who is the president of RVDA. We feel so special. Well, thanks for inviting me to be on. Well, it's, it is our pleasure. And we're going to jump right into this uh, because there's a lot to talk about. Um, you know, we've been doing this. All right. I'm, I'm gonna, just going to start here. I've been doing this 27 years. How long have you been doing it, Phil? I've got coming up on 30 years in the RV industry. Okay. I worked you for had the to one-up me, yeah, didn't you? Well, I, I started um, as kind of a PR guy for the Manufacturers Association, uh-huh. got bumped up to director of communications. And then when the industry started Go RVing back in, in 96, mm-hmm. I moved over to the RV Dealers Association because the two associations were working to launch this national marketing campaign. And so with permission from RVIA, I went over to RVDA as their uh, VP of communications. And then when my predecessor, Mike Molino, retired in 2012, the board made me president. So that's my story. So here you are. Yep. Running wow. a big old convention I in know. Las Vegas. <laughs> now, for, for a listener, because most of our listeners are, are not in the industry, but, but they certainly love the product and the experience. What What is the reason for bringing this all together, not just from across America, but from Canada and whatnot? Why gather annually for something like this? What's well, the benefit? First of all, it's Vegas, okay? <laughs> Can okay, I just say, <laughs> we all have an excuse to come out and have some fun. And especially if we get to have some fun together. Sure. Right? Sure. Okay. But what benefit do the consumers oh, get? He, he or, wants the real stuff. Yeah. What, what, what? Well, you know, I think one of the big things that the industry has been focused on over the last three to four years is, you know, we just sold all these RVs during the pandemic, right? So we've got about 1.5 million more RVs in the nation's bloodstream than we had in 2019, prior to the pandemic. And, you know, we love our units, but they're houses on wheels and they bump along the road and they need to get fixed. And so one of the things that uh, we're covering here are excellence in fixed operations, which is kind of industry talk for your service and parts department, Mm -hmm. as well as the technicians. So there's a lot of vendors here talking about that. And it's not just, you know, turning a wrench. You've got to schedule people. You've got to communicate with Mm -hmm. them. And there's a lot of soft skills, as you well know, uh, in in doing uh, a good job in the back end on parts and service. And we found that if you could, if you could have you know, excellence in one position in the dealership that could increase overall customer satisfaction with the dealership, it's a service advisor. Yes. Because once they bought the unit, they're back again and again to get 
to get service. Right. And and that service advisor's got to be uh, a very skilled person. And it's a high stress job too, right? Because right. Absolutely. people are going on vacation and where's mm-hmm. my part? Why isn't this fixed? Right. And it's just a as very a middleman position too. Yeah. Just and, the nature of it. Right. And in the industry, we got to do a better job uh, on that side. And and that's what RVDA and the Manufacturers Association, RVIA, have committed to do going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about the customer experience. There is one experience buying the trailer or the RV or whatever it is. But then you have to go back to get it repaired. How many experiences are there at that point? Two, three, four, five, ten, depending on how long you do it. So that is really the value of the dealership. And, you know, I think I think that's lost on a lot of people. They don't understand that that is really not only a huge part mm-hmm. of our operations, but that is where we understand we are judged as a dealership. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I don't I don't naturally inherently look very far past the cell. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, in in, yeah, in a category like don't. this, it's kind of like cars. <laughs> I bought the car. I need the dealership for the car, and and really not much else after the fact. I can yeah. go to the dealership for the service, but no one knows RVs like a dealership service center. Right. And when I go on the floor and I look at all the vendors that are here, and there is a ton. It is a huge ballroom full of vendors. I hadn't thought about it, but so many of them are in the parts and service part of it. Uh, That or financing, a lot of banks, Mm -hmm. but an awful lot of parts and service. One thing I've noticed this year is a lot of technology. I mean, that seems to be a lot bigger this year than I've seen in the past. Right, you know, running the dealership you need to have good technology systems, both in the back end for service scheduling, for se- keeping track of sales, keeping track of your customers, communicating mm-hmm. with them. But now, increasingly, in the marketing side of it, um, you know, people aren't you know watching TV, reading a newspaper, looking at classified ads anymore. So you've got to uh, use technology as well to communicate with the customers. And a lot of customers, not all, you know, I'm not one that likes to get a lot of text messages, but I know for a young younger generation, that's how they keep in touch with their service advisor or their salesperson. They don't want to pick up the phone and they don't want to be called. They just want to know, when do I need to be there? What's Mm -hmm. going on? Guilty. Yep. Sorry. So I know. (laughs) Well, and, and that's the thing, you know, we were we've got a diverse customer base, a much more diverse customer base than than when I got in the industry 25 years ago, when it was was uh, really, you know, an older buyer and I think over time you know we're we're evolving to so many different types of RV products Mm -hmm. that it isn't just you know a big travel trailer a big motorhome you know that some people that's their knee-jerk think when they think of RV right right now your role takes you all over the US and you meet with dealerships and and big groups and all that and I in some of the conversation before we got the mics and all that uh, turned on um, kind of relate to you know what really got you into it the experience what really kind of pulls your heart and all that what do you see because we've seen big changes we talked about this too in the past few years big changes what do you see is really the the biggest changes but also the 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 mainstays that won't ever change like what are the the key things that draw people's hearts to rving and then what's been tweaked 
COVID did something to us. Right. Well, I, I think the core values of RV travel are the freedom, mm -hmm. flexibility, and fun that you can have in an RV that really you can't with other types of travel, whether it's a cruise or staying at a resort or whatever. You know, you can plan your own uh, you can plan your own itinerary. You can bring your own stuff with you. You can bring your pets with you. Right. You can bring the grandkids or your kids. And and you can get a big group together. We see a lot of that, right? People mm -hmm. got several RVs. And if they don't have RVs, they can throw up a tent. So you can have a community experience. And I think one of the big things that I've seen when I got in the business, it was always, we've got to get these RVs bigger. We're passing laws to make them bigger, right. allowable, allowable space. And certainly, you know, for the Snowbird and the longer term people, that's still a huge product segment. Sure. But what I've seen come in and it is is a more variety of product appealing to people who may not even think of themselves as quote unquote RVers. You know, the van life folks right. who are, that are in right. the in the vans, the more rustic campers who are out for not necessarily a public campground experience or RV park experience where they have a lot of amenities, right. which are great. But these are the folks that want to go fishing or or just go out into the, you know, kind of dispersed areas of the Forest right. Service right. Um, and, and really have a, a, a rustic experience. So right. there's really something for everybody. Right. And the products have evolved to meet those needs where, you know, the, it was kind of slow to adapt. You know, we had these buyers right. and then who wanted smaller units so they could they could go on these adventures. Sure. And but now the dealers and the manufacturers have really embraced that product segment. And there's a lot of different varieties of products. Sure. I think the <clears throat> excuse me, the idea of what an RVer. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. <clears throat> Folks, we have frogs in Las Vegas. Well, it's dry. This is dry, it's dry. Not enough sleep. I, I'll, maybe too much fun. I don't know. I don't know. Anything can happen, right? Um, but what it means to be part of the RV industry, even as a dealer, but also as a consumer, has changed drastically in the past 10 years. Um, in what I've seen, it used to be such a cut and dried industry. We knew who our customer was. We knew what the profile was. And now, you know, like you talked about, you may want something that's going to go behind your Jeep so you can go camp out by a river where nobody is. Or you may be wanting to live out of a camper van or you may be a traditional RVer where you want to take your family on vacation. Right. And, you know, some of these RV resorts that they're building, you know, the Margaritavilles and all these oh. new places. I mean, yes, you buy a nice fifth wheel, you set up there, you are, you're set. What a great, right. what a great experience. Yes. And that is more of a traditional type RV park experience. And it's, it's great. I mean, I've done it in Florida. The, there's so many great RV parks. Sure. Yeah. But I've also gone out with my brother in his tent camper. You know, and we just have gone everywhere we want, including, you know, state fairs right. and things like that. So equally mm -hmm. wonderful. Absolutely. Very different. It's a very different <laughs> right. experience when you're, right. you know, you're parked at a state fair with a bunch of, you know, kids running around and all that mm -hmm. stuff where, you know, the, the older folks have, can go to those 
beautiful RV parks and have more of an adult experience. Yeah. I also think, um, again, technology and uh, the internet and the ability to pick up your phone, plan a trip. I mean, you can, you can plan a trip in 10 or 15 minutes. What's available? Where can I go? Hey, I'll go here, click, make a reservation. Um, wait, I need to check and see if that has room for my big rig or does this place have a swimming pool? And you can find all of that online in minutes, make a trip, go for the weekend, go for the week. It just seems so different now with all of the technology and the ability to do so many different things. This this industry is and somehow calls to the gypsy in all of us. You know, kind of, kind of the, the, you're speaking about the freedom, the, the ability to chart your own course, take your own stuff, do what you want to do, end up in the places you want to end up on your terms. And that's and that's kind of like to me a gypsy wagon. Yeah, for our version. Everybody wants to be that guy. Right. And the van life people, a lot of them are workers, too. Mm. They are, you know, the pandemic has uh, has really You're made right. a lot more uh, people, uh, not everybody, of course, but a lot of people can work remotely. It doesn't matter where they are. So they if they want to be set up in a campground in Montana, they can do it. And uh, as long as I got Wi-Fi, right. you know, right. <laughs> like cell I said, tower. technology, <laughs> right. technology, and the pandemic really flipped this industry on their head. You know, we've done a lot of podcasts on the pandemic, the numbers, the details. But since things have changed, we just came from open house. What did you see that was different? Well, I think that uh, one of the things, you know, we're in kind of a soft spot of, of sales right now. It's not a oh, secret. Oh, is that what you call it, a soft spot? Well, that's the PR spin on it. <laughs> okay. But, you know, almost 30 we're, years of this. <laughs> I know. You know, it is, you know, we, we the pandemic sales bubble is burst. I mean, that's, right. that, we know that. It's true. And so, um, Absolutely. what's been going on, I think, is, is uh, the manufacturers are very, very focused on being, um, being uh, sensitive to price point. Have right. you noticed that, PJ? Absolutely. I notice that quite a bit at open house. Mm-hmm. And every well, I've I've kind of felt like it went both ways. There's some really expensive trailers out there that that are like over. Uh, over optioned and they're they're like bulletproof they'll go anywhere you know they're very pricey comparatively and then there's also a whole lot of manufacturers that tried to make things more affordable and they called it decontented right they're taking out stuff that isn't absolutely essential sure. for the entry-level buyer it's the cliff's notes of the previous rv right and right <laughs> the abbreviated version <laughs> but uh, you do make a good point uh we heard from economist here at the um at the convention during our board of delegates meeting from wells fargo and one of the reasons that people uh were in the market so heavily is they weren't spending money on anything else so they had right. this they had the savings that they had accumulated over two years mm -hmm. and then when things started opening up they they could stroke a check for fifteen thousand thirty thousand whatever the the trailer or the rv would cost and there's still some of that savings less left but it is drawing down a little bit and i think interest rates play a part 
Um, you know, we are fortunate that RV loan terms can be spread out to to accommodate a lot of the payment buyers. But I think there are people on the sidelines waiting for that to settle down. And it looks like the Fed is is at least pausing that kind of activity. So that should help right. boost sales, I think, in 2024. Um, but, you know, it's not like it's sales are horrible. They just they're just we're, we're off our big pandemic high for sure. Well, I think everything got wonky. You know, uh, in the industry, we talk a lot about uh, 2022, where they made too many trailers. All of a sudden, within probably 60 days, people quit buying. I mean, it stopped. And all of a sudden, all these trailers were finally flooding into the market to meet what we thought was a demand. And it it slowed down and everybody kind of said, oh, wait. Maybe, maybe, maybe we have I the don't opposite problem. <laughs> so then all of a sudden there was a ton of 22s. Right, right. And I think we worked our way through probably most of the 22s by now. Yes. But 24s are out. Jeez. Mm -hmm. right. I mean, I have never seen this in my time in the industry. Three new model years on the lot at the same time. Exactly. Right. I have never yep, seen that. That, that, That's was a, that was crazy. a tough one for the dealers to take. But it's still a tough one. Yeah. And now we have to kind of get back to. Um, having the right amount out there for people to buy and having the right amount of buyers. Right. How, how long do you think it will take before this economy kind of sorts that out and there aren't just bargain basement trailers and, you know, dealers trying to skimp on customer service, for lack of a better word? Right. I think we're going to be pretty maybe a titch up in 2024 for the industry uh and then i think 2025 after the election and things hopefully right fall out fall out from that <laughs> i think that will that will help a lot and but you know i think one of the things the industry is going to be talking about is uh we'll get back to our affordability messaging mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. i mean really there is a travel trailer or uh, some kind of camper price for everybody whether it's new used there is something if you really want to do it most people can figure out a way to pay for it and the lenders are, are, are making loans you know sure interest rates are higher but uh, it when you look at everything's gone up I mean we right. we're talking about the right. hotel prices here in Vegas that's right we were you talking know, about uh, that. airfare uh, cruises buying a condo whatever you you know whatever we kind of compete against um, RVs still are a very affordable way for families and couples yeah. to, to vacation. And, you know, getting back to our core message, right. freedom, flexibility, fun. That's kind of what we do. Yeah, that is what we do. And isn't it awesome? It is. It's a blast. <laughs> it is. It's so fun to really be in a business that that is just about fun and adventure. I mean, and that may sound like a spin, but it's really not. I just love it. You know, the last thing I want to bring up, because, you know, that we could talk for days. I mean, and but but I want to talk about numbers because we've talked about things going up and down. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's the most number of RVs sold in a year? Well, that date? would have been that would have been 2021. Okay. 600,000 RVs were shipped. I think we sold 550 that year. Uh, 2022 ticked down. And then this year, we're going to be probably end up the year about 350, maybe 360 retailed. 
and uh, 300,000 shipped. So there was a big drawdown in inventory wow. by the dealers, right? So next year, they're thinking about 350,000 shipped and about 350,000 retailed. So we're what that's you were the getting world back. we want it's to normalize. That's exactly right. right. Yes. Well, I don't know if we ever normalize, but well, we're, we're, we're getting the wrong word. Well, yeah, it's no, it's I the know. adventure business, yeah. Yeah, right? We're, we're trying to we're trying to do that, you know. Uh -huh. And the manufacturers are listening, I think, more than ever to the retail, uh, the, the dealers about what the activity is, and that would be the perfect world if if it's a one on one, you know. Uh -huh. But certainly, dealers have to build up inventory so they have a selection. You know, it's right. not like buying a furniture. Well. You can have your couch in six months. You know that doesn't really work uh, for most. But that of the is still the world in the couch business. Yes, exactly. I, I, I happen to know that. Yeah, so. I do too. And it's like, what? What's what a world? It's a furniture showroom, you know, but it's not a dealer showroom. Even though they have showrooms, you can actually hopefully bring it home within a week or so once right. you buy it so right. that's what right. you know people want to go but uh no i it, you know the industry is very resilient as you know and you've seen it ups and downs and right and, uh you know i'm not telling people how to buy an rv but you know from my perspective and i've watched this a long time you know buy local the the, the customers who buy local and we have studies who buy from their local dealer are the happiest consumers because they have that support. And I know people are looking at the internet and will drive many, mm -hmm. many states away and mm -hmm. pick up something and bring mm -hmm. it back. But you know, you have the excitement of the RV. How do I operate some of this stuff? There's a lot of tech, new technology on it. Right. If you didn't buy local, who's gonna help you out? Unless you got a buddy next door who knows everything about it. So mm -hmm. you've got your trusted resource of your local dealer who has sold you the unit, knows about the unit and can service it if you have warranty issues or whatever mm -hmm. becomes much more difficult if you bought it hundreds of miles away and then try to try to get it serviced locally that that's just the way it is right and uh um so i again i'm not telling people how to buy but in my experience the happiest customers buy local okay. wow yeah interesting and you've done studies on so many different things you probably could <clears throat> pinpoint you know certain certain stratas that make a difference for the experience is there anything else that you would tell somebody who has an rv or maybe is looking to buy one or change one that you have seen with the data that makes a difference well, I, I do think that, um, like I said, I think buying local keeps customers happy. I do think um, learning about the systems before you take it home or at least get the materials from the manufacturer, the dealer, and, and become more, you know, take it out for a, a short test ride before you, you go on a big vacation mm -hmm. because I've seen, it, you know, one dealer told me like 20% of the service calls they get are people who were so excited when they got the RV that they didn't really learn how to use the leveling systems, the right. HVAC system. Oh, yeah. yeah. They don't know how to do the dump. Even with a good walkthrough, yeah. it's a lot to because take you're into excited. a movie. You're excited. Yeah. You just bought it. You want to go. So I, that's, you know, that's my advice is to, to work, you know, buy local, work with a local dealer to, to really get checked out with a, with a, quality walkthrough, but also 
take it out on a shorter sure. shorter uh, trip before you you know you head across the country yeah camp nearby that's yeah. always a great suggestion yeah, absolutely well thank you for taking the time to chat with us no I'm so happy to do it and um, PJ always enjoy chatting with you whether it's at Texas RV Association wherever they have that in Texas or or here in Vegas it's awesome well, Thank you. You and I can talk about anything, and that's it's nice. It's a, a treat for me to get to talk to somebody who really knows, as a dealership, what we're going through. So uh, we're just looking forward for I, – I actually, I'm kind of banking on 2025 myself. I just want to live through 2024. <laughs> I think that the industry is going to really need a little more time to be able to – grow a little bit more, learn a little bit more, write our inventories, and be able to take really good care of the customers. Absolutely. Because that's that's really what we're here to do, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you. I know you've got to run. We've got a convention to join. It's early in the morning. Uh, sorry, I sound like a frog. I got coffee <laughs> right here. So don't worry about me. I'm going to handle this. Um, and thanks for listening, everybody. Thank um, you. Appreciate it. You bet. Everybody, that has been this episode of the RV Small Talk Podcast. And we will have another one coming at you here soon. Look for it about a week away. And we'll probably have Lindsay in on that one. But until then, check out our backlog of episodes at RVSmallTalk.com. And you can find us on social media. Just look up the RV Small Talk Podcast. We'll see you there. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. Bye.